You may not have heard, but Joe Biden had a press conference yesterday. I had to catch it later. I was in the middle of a thing yesterday, long since planned. So all I saw were the updates on social media. Right? If 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 you were on the on the political right, right, the only thing you were hearing was You're a phony. Hey, this guy's a great big phony. But listening to the political left, look at that press conference. Yes! 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 It is hard to figure out how people can see things so differently. Unless, of course, you heard the press conference. And you realize somebody's lying to you, which is usually the case. This is what happens when your your ideology comes before decency, humanity, or anything else. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. The phone number, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. What did you think of the press conference? Maybe you saw it differently than me. Here's what I saw. I saw a man who was fully prepared to talk about the six subjects he had fully prepared for, was going to bring it back to those subjects, was going to call on pre-approved people who may have actually engaged pre-approved questions. And then he was going to give them pre-approved answers. He was not going to miss an opportunity, this good and decent man to attack Republicans or to attack Donald Trump with some vicious lies. Donald Trump let children starve at the border? What the hell is he saying? And by the way, he said it. He said the words. I watched it with my own eyeballs. My own peepers did the looking. This was an example of one of the questions asked to Joe Biden. It was from Yamiche Alcindor, PBS, who President Biden referred to as Yamiche. Thanks so much, Mr. President. Um, you've said over and over again that immigrants shouldn't come to this country right now. This isn't the time to come. That message is not being received. Instead, the perception of you that got you elected as a moral, decent man is the reason why a lot of immigrants are coming to this country and entrusting you with unaccompanied minors. How do you resolve that tension? And how are you choosing which families can stay and which can can go, given the fact that even though with Title 42, there are some families that are staying? And is there a timeline for when we won't be seeing these overcrowded facilities with, run by CPB when it comes to unaccompanied minors. A reporter refers to him as a, a good and honorable and decent man. What in the world is this? That's a question that got asked by a reporter. That's, that's just madness. And by the way, that question... That clear, nonsense, softball, love-fest, pseudo-intellectual question asked by a reporter who clearly isn't interested in pressing the Biden administration on their failed policy at the border. Rather, I mean, this was a Pravda-esque 
type move. And then you, regardless of whether we agree or disagree on politics, guys, you know it's true. I know it's true. I don't know why we're lying to each other to say it's anything but true. It's true. These are the facts as presented. You know who disagreed? Jennifer Rubin. Now, maybe you don't know who Jennifer Rubin is. Jennifer Rubin writes over at the Washington Post, and she makes the claim that she's a conservative. It's hilarious. She's one of these never-Trumpers who has made a career out of uh, not even really good takes. Right? Producer Ari would be a far better fit for the Washington Post. All right, I take that back. So here you have Yamiche Alcindor asking the question about what's going on at the border and the idea that President Biden's words caused the surge. Now, as we have seen repeatedly, people have come to the border because of President Biden. And even if you were to say, well, it's not like President Biden said, come down to the border. He did actually talk about people surging to the border for asylum claims. He said this during one of the debates in 2019. Was it 2020? I think this was 2019 debate. He said the words. So, yes, his own words did do it, but moreover, it was the take on his policies being open borders that got people to say, you know what, we're heading to the United States now. This isn't, uh, this isn't something that, you know, is, is, is debatable. I mean, this is what happened. And Jennifer Rubin says, Yamiche, yeah, Yamiche. I think I'm saying it right, yes, makes the statement unproven that his words set off the surge. This is factually wrong. To which Dimitri Alcindor is responding, perhaps you haven't interviewed migrants and asked them this question, but reporting bears out what I said, which is that some migrants are coming because of the perception that President Biden is more humane and is allowing unaccompanied minors to stay. So unfortunately, you're factually wrong. They're getting into a fight. They're getting into a fight because Yamiche Alcindor asked an unbelievably partisan softball question and also lauded him as a decent and honorable man. And Jennifer Rubin's like, well, you weren't nice enough. Holy mackerel. Jennifer Rubin thinks Yamiche Alcindor was too tough on Joe Biden. Man, these people, if if you wonder why people don't trust uh, mainstream or national media, there you go. The question and then the response to the question. But maybe we should hear from Joe Biden himself. How did he do at this press conference? When the federal budget is saving people's lives, they don't think it's such a good idea. When the federal budget is feathering the nest of the wealthiest Americans, 90 of the Fortune 500 companies making billions of dollars not paying a cent in taxes, reducing taxes to the point that people who are making, you know, if you're a husband and wife, school teacher, and a cop, you're paying at a higher rate than the average person making a billion dollars a year is. Okay, so we're, so we're done now, right? 
the teacher and the cop is paying a higher tax rate than billionaires. This manipulation of, of, of words and, and, and of percentages, this is all about the fair share conversation. This is Joe Biden copying Barack Obama in the 99% and 1% conversation, which is a takeoff of the proletariat and the bourgeoisie. It's, 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 it's Marxism. It's class warfare. And I will put forth to you that I don't think Joe Biden even knows that he's saying such a thing. I don't think he knows what it is. Based on his presentation, I question what it is he knows. Did Joe Biden, you know what, the bed in this press conference? No. No, 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 he didn't. Did he look good? No, he didn't. Could you have reason after watching this press conference to worry about Joe Biden's health, vigor, stamina, and ability to understand what's going on around him? Absolutely. And I will say that anyone defending Joe Biden who says he's totally fine is lying. And there's no need to. Joe Biden trailed off. Joe Biden had moments where he looked lost. Joe Biden trying to figure out who to call on next was painful. Why? Because he wasn't just calling on people. They're assembled in the East Room. He had a list. He had people he had to call on next. Let's see. Uh, where am I? Kim. Like, that's how he did it. So were we right that the that the questions were pre-approved? Absolutely. We were 100% accurate. Were we right that he knew what was coming at him? I say yes. Did he fall apart? Not fall apart. But he did not look like a guy who off the cuff understands what's happening around him. I don't mind that he had a note. I mind that the only way he could answer a question is from a note. That's what I mind. I mind that when he gets asked a question he doesn't like, he gets a little snippy. The Customs and Border Protection Facility in Donna, Texas, I was there, is at 1,556% capacity right now with mostly unaccompanied minors. There are kids that are sleeping on floors. They are packed into these pods. I've spoken to lawyers who say that some of these children have not seen the sun in days. What's your reaction? What is your reaction to these images that have come out from that particular facility? Is what's happening inside acceptable to you? And when is this going to be fixed? Uh, that's a serious question, right? Is it acceptable to me? Come on. That's why we're going to be moving a thousand of those kids out quickly. That's why I got Fort Bliss opened up. That's why I've been working from the moment this started to happen to try to find additional access for children to be able to safely, not just children, but particularly children, to be able to safely be housed while we follow through on the rest of what's happening. That is totally unacceptable. Is that a real question? Come on. If Trump had said that to a female reporter, that's all you'd hear about. Trump being dismissive again. Trump speaking down to women again. Joe Biden does this all the time. We've written about it. We've talked about it. 
I don't think it was the worst Joe Biden's ever done. Joe Biden has a basic level of competency. But Joe Biden ain't all together. Joe Biden doesn't have it all together. Joe Biden can't do anything off the cuff. And Joe Biden looked lost way too many times. Unaware and unsure of what to do next. He didn't answer many questions. He didn't answer many questions well. He made sure to attack Republicans pretty good. I will get into that. But I don't think he set anybody at ease. As a matter of fact, I think he made more people say, hmm, this guy may not be up to the task. More to get to. I've got the Georgia voting laws to get to. They got changed, and the people screaming uh, racism are the people who scream racism. So why should I pay any attention uh, to them? And the latest on the Suez Canal blockage. It's coming up. I'm Tony Katz. So Iran, according to sources, filed a miss, fired a missile at an Israeli ship in the Arabian Sea. Tony Katz, it's good to be with you. Tony Katz, uh, today, the ship was hit and damaged. It's a container ship owned by an Israeli businessman making its way to Tanzania from India. Part of this is just the standard, traditional, basic USDA choice um, Iranian hate of, of Israel. Part of this is whether or not Iran can test the waters enough to be more and more problematic. Right? Life in the world of Joe Biden, different than life in the world of Donald Trump, Now you got to see what you can get away with. You got to see where you can test the waters. You got to see how much, how far you can go, how far you can go before there's some level of a stick uh, that, uh, that gets delivered from the United States. That's what this is. Now, the bigger news uh, in the area is the blockage of the Suez Canal, which is costing an estimated $400 million an hour. If you haven't seen what's happening and the video, it's, it's crazy what's going on. There is a container ship called the Ever Given. And it, it, it got kind of turned a bit sideways. And when it got turned sideways, it ran aground. I, I won't pretend I'm, I'm a nautical expert. Front and back. Would that be Afton Stern? It's so long, it can block the Suez Canal, and that is exactly what has happened. They've got these excavators trying to dig to get this thing some movement. The excavator is so tiny compared to the the huge nature of, of this ship. And they estimate that the cost of what is being lost in trade per hour is $400 million. So the argument is that westbound traffic is $5.1 billion a day, eastbound traffic $4.5 billion a day. This is, it's so crazy that something this, 
this silly can create so much of an issue. I don't actually think I've ever seen this before. You, you know what the Suez Canal is, right? I don't have to explain what the Suez Canal is and the, the importance of it. Because if you don't have the Suez Canal, if you don't have this, this ability uh, to flow through with ease from the Mediterranean, right? Well, then you got to go around. You have to go around the entirety of Africa, right? You can go from the Mediterranean into the Red Sea, or you have to come out, get yourself into the Atlantic, into the Southern Atlantic, around uh, South Africa there, the Indian Ocean, uh, pass by Madagascar, wave at the elephant and then whatever else the giraffe is there, and then into the Red Sea, and then boom. Um, that trip sucks. That trip is a terrible, awful, miserable, rotten, very bad trip. Certainly not cost effective in any way, shape, or form. I will tell you, though, I was not aware of how thin the Suez Canal was. I mean, it's kind of incredible. It's, I mean, how, how easily this thing can be just messed up too easily. $400 million an hour. Yeah, this is an international incident for sure. Now, I've had no reporting that has shown me that this was purposeful. Like somebody just tried to mess with the system. No, this is going to be a real problem. And we may actually see it in costs of real goods. In things coming our way. You might see cost increases. And if you're like, why is this now more expensive? Well, there's supply and demand for sure. Why are things taking so long to get to you? This might be an answer as well. Be sure to follow on Parlor. Instagram and Twitter at Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz today. So this video just came across. It's a conversation that took place on CNN between, uh, I think it's Dr. Sanjay Gupta and Dr. Robert Redfield, former director of the CDC. Tony Katz, great to be with you. Tony Katz today. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Go to TonyKatz.com, click on podcasts, and subscribe, follow, like the podcast. I'd appreciate it. It's a very interesting conversation. I'm a little perplexed because when we have discussed COVID, we said, I have said, do I believe that China released coronavirus as a biological weapon? No, I don't. Do I believe that they work on coronaviruses in a lab and that something could have leaked? Absolutely, positively. Do I buy into the idea that, oh, no, no, it's just animal-to-human transmission, that's it? I mean, it's possible. Not as possible 
as working on it in a lab, as we know is the case. From doctors, we know this is the case. We know that the United States very, very shamefully has supported the Wuhan lab, this, this, this virology lab. And they should not be. The United States should not be sponsoring anything medical in China at all. And if you say to me, Tony, they sponsor it so they can keep an eye on it. No, no, they can't. The first rule when dealing with communists is that you don't trust communists. It's like not talking about Fight Club. The first rule is you don't trust communists. You do not trust communists ever. So I think for a lot of us, the idea that this came from uh, from the lab and leaked was a very possible idea. And of course, everybody and their mother has tamped that down because you can't blame China. Oh, you're a racist if you blame China. Watch me. The people claiming you're a racist if you blame China are so full of garbage. I'm talking about the communist government. I'm not talking about my neighbor who may be Chinese. Rational people know this. So just settle yourselves down. But listen to what it is Dr. Robert Redfield says and ask yourself if you heard this during the Trump administration. If I was to guess this virus started transmitting somewhere in September, October in Wuhan. September, October. That's my own view. It's an only opinion. I'm allowed to have opinions now. You know, I am of the point of view that I still think the most likely uh, etiology of this pathogen in Wuhan was a, from a laboratory, um, you know, escaped. Uh, other people don't believe that. That's fine. Science will eventually figure it out. I'm sorry. Like... You, they, it's so funny because it's, it's, it's the two-camera shot, right? There's a shot of, uh, on Dr. Redfield, and then there's a shot on, on Dr. Gupta. Gupta looks as uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. He's got like this half-smile, half-questioning what the heck is going on, on on his face. I mean, that's a very straight-and-to-the-point commentary made by Dr. Redfield. You that... I still think the most likely uh, etiology of this pathogen in Wuhan was a, from a laboratory, um, you know, escaped. Uh, other people don't believe that. That's fine. Science will eventually figure it out. Wow. I'm curious how far this runs and how quickly. There's a little bit more to the interview that was posted or the piece that was posted. I just want to hear it. It's not unusual for respiratory pathogens that are being worked on in a laboratory to infect the laboratory worker. Oh, is that so? You mean we've got all those safeguards and all that PPE, but it's still possible. As a matter of fact, it's not even uncommon, doctor. Fine, science will eventually figure it out. It's not unusual for respiratory pathogens that are being worked on in a laboratory to infect the laboratory worker. Guys, you're not crazy. You're not crazy. You believed it. You've always had it in the back of your head, and there's Dr. Redfield. Here's the question. Why was that not said over the last year? Proof? Is that what you're saying, Producer Art? I'm saying you can say it in an interview, your own speculation, but I think when you're the head of the CDC, you kind of have to go on facts and not speculation. 
But he did give a fact. It is not uncommon for respiratory pathogens to infect a lab worker. That's not a statement of, of, of theory or supposition. That is a statement of fact from an expert who has seen it happen before. That, now, maybe that got said and I missed it, but I don't think I missed it. By the way, it was posted uh, by the people at Young Americans for Liberty, YA Liberty, on, on Twitter, if you want to go uh, follow that. I am so curious, because that's the first I had heard anybody, like, really be uh, succinct and, and direct ab- about, about the stuff, about the thing. I mean, we've talked about it here. I'm, I'm wondering, like, did I, did I miss something, right, where this has been discussed before? And the answer is, I don't know. Uh, speaking of something that has been discussed before, Prince Harry. And I swear to you, I'm trying very hard not to talk about Prince Harry. But he has uh, found himself a second job. You know, he's got one job where he's going to be, I don't know, working as like a mental health counselor. He's going to be helping people as a, as a business coach. I can't even figure out what it is. I don't know what, what qualifications he has to that gig. What is it called? Better Up? Something like that. Well, this is a a new gig that he's got through the Aspen Institute. He's going to be working with Gary Kasparov, right? The the chess champion. And uh, 13 other commissioners. A six-month study by the Aspen Institute on the state of American misinformation and disinformation. Prince Harry... The Duke of Sussex. He's going to be on a commission looking into misinformation in the United States. Let us start with Meghan Markle, who called the Queen a racist. As far as I know, that's misinformation because she brought no data to it. She just made an allegation. That's all she did. She just made an allegation. About the Queen, about the royal family. Pretty despicable. If you ask me, pretty ugly, we should be clear. But what, what, what is it that they think that, that, that Prince Harry can, can bring to it? Now, this is an unpaid role, so, so we are told. We are told this is an unpaid role, unpaid uh, position. Well, he's doing it for a reason. Gives him a little credibility, gives him a little, maybe it's just something to do. Maybe it leads to other opportunities down the road. That's what it seems like. But you think Prince Harry can actually engage a conversation about misinformation in American media? Now, if he was going to work on misinformation in the tabloids in the UK, well, that could be kind of interesting. If only he could be able to tell people, no, this story about me is wrong. This story about me is wrong. Oh, me in the Hitler outfit. Yeah, that happened. But this story about me is wrong. It's just weird. And it's weird the 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 the, the almost fetishizing that we do uh, of of certain aspects of the royals. Right? I don't fetishize the queen. I I show the respect. I don't bow. I'll tip the cap. You live through the blitzkrieg, you're all right with me. You try your best 
to keep a level of decorum, and we should note that she is beloved, as I know it, in the UK. They even they even like Charles. Although it's very clear that she is not happy with Charles. She'd be very happy to skip over Charles and give it all right to William. But you want to call the the, 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 the family racist? It, it's... It doesn't even make any sense. I'm not even arguing that somebody said, hmm, she's half black. What will this baby look like? I am sure some damn fool said that. Do you really think William or the Queen or anybody else said, hmm, we can't, ha- can't have that in the family? I, that's my accent, by the way. That's the best I can do. I didn't watch enough Monty Python as a kid. <laughs> I'm lying. Of course I did. I, 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 I don't buy in. I don't buy into Meghan Markle's shtick. I'm not going to buy in to hearing about misinformation from Prince Harry. No credibility and no qualifications at all. None. I'm Tony Katz. Some people have been looking at uh, some polling data, if you will, how it is uh, Biden did in his press conference. And I could have told you this, the idea that Joe Biden, Joe Biden wants to bring people together, that he's not a partisan, that he, that he wants unity, it's... I mean, it's it's just not true, and it's never been true. Tony Katz, so good to be with you, Tony Katz, today. This was part of the press conference. Remember, the press conference wasn't just about can he stand up for an hour. It's about what gets said. It's about what gets said. I share this with you. You tell me if this is is about, you know, Bring, bringing a country together. Oh, you, you tell me whether or not this brings a nation together. Look, when uh, I took office, I uh, decided that uh, it was a fairly basic, simple proposition. And that is, I got elected to solve problems. And the most urgent problem facing the American people, I stated from the outset, was COVID-19 and the economic dislocation for millions and millions of Americans. And so that's why I put all my focus in the beginning. There are a lot of problems, but all my focus on dealing with those particular problems. And the other problems we're talking about from immigration to guns and the other things you mentioned are long-term problems. They've been around a long time. And what we're going to be able to do, God willing, is now begin one at a time to focus on those as well. And whether it's immigration or guns or a number of other problems that face the country. You're right. There's a whole bunch of problems that face the country, but guns aren't aren't the problem. You hating people who lawfully own guns is certainly a problem. But he's not done. Fundamental problem is getting people some peace of mind 
so they can go to bed at night and not stare at the ceiling wondering whether they lost their health insurance, whether they're going to lose a family member, whether they're going to be in a position where they're not going to be, they're going to lose their home because they can't pay their mortgage, or the millions of people are going to get thrown out of their homes because of the inability to, uh, to pay their rent. So we're, we're going to move on these one at a time, try to do as many simultaneous as we can. But that's the reason why I focused as I have. And here's the deal. I think my Republican colleagues are going to have to determine whether or not we want to work together or they decide that the way in which they want to proceed is to uh, is to uh, just uh, um, decide to divide the country. Continue. If we don't agree with you, we're dividing the country. I don't agree with you on the Second Amendment. You're just wrong. You think I shouldn't be able to own an AR-15? You're just wrong. You think I shouldn't be able to have a magazine that has more than 10 rounds in it? You're just wrong. You think I should have to take my ammunition and uh, and have it in a registry? You're just wrong. You're just wrong. I don't care if you got elected. You're just wrong. You're wrong. The Democrats are wrong. Your mom's wrong. You're just wrong. I'm dividing the country. I see the Second Amendment in the Constitution of the United States, and I think we should adhere to it. You're the one who wants to bastardize it, cripple cripple it, and rip it right apart. But I'm dividing the country? Oh, stop that. Republican colleagues are going to have to determine whether or not we want to work together, or they decide that the way in which they want to proceed is just to divide the country, continue the politics of division. That's just... That is just something special. And it's why I, it, it caught my eye that, uh, and again, right, this was from Fox, so, you know, everyone's going to take it with a, 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 a grain of salt there. It was from a pollster that uh, the message of unity, Democrats gave it an A and both independents and Republicans gave it an F. I mean, I don't even know how anybody could give it an A. It's clearly not about... Unity, it's about do what we say. It's about destruction. It's about eliminating a party. And he even said so. He even said the words. There was a moment when he was asked, uh, he, I mean, he was asked a couple times about running for, for, for re-election. It was, it was very, it was, it was peculiar as I saw it. And then he was asked again about running against Trump. I would fully expect that to be the case. She's doing a great job. She's a great partner. She's a great partner. And do you believe you'll be running against former President Trump? Oh, come on. I don't even think about it. I don't have, I have no idea. I have no idea whether there'll be a Republican Party. Do you? There won't be a Republican Party? Good Lord. By the way, this is the question that's getting asked. Unserious media apparatchik. Unserious. We've got the border. We've got COVID. We've got Iran. We've got China. We've got murder in Baltimore. But not Baltimore. Well, we do have murder in Baltimore. But murder in Boulder and murder in Atlanta. Are you running for re-election? I'm surprised he didn't answer re-election for what? Because he may not know where he is. He did better, I think, than some people expected. But we've set the bar too low, so let's reset the bar.
Was that a performance that gives you faith in the commander-in-chief? I believe the answer of the majority of Americans would be no, if they were being honest. Facebook Tony Katz Radio. Get the podcast at TonyKatz.com. This is Tony Katz Today.